Hello, I want to welcome you to the Point Church Alberta Campus Sunday Preaching Podcast. My name is Josh Heisler, and I'm the Alberta Campus Pastor. We strongly believe in the expositional preaching of God's Word, which works to build our faith and grow us up in Christ. Our prayer is that this message will be a help to you on your journey of faith. Now join us as we get to the point. Back a few months ago, uh, Pastor Josh told me that he was going to be out of town, and he was asking if I wanted to um, preach on this Sunday. And I said, sure, sure, Pastor Josh, I'll, I'll preach on this Sunday. Um, so naturally, I waited till about a week and a half ago to figure out what I was teaching on. And as a student ministry, over this past semester, we've been going through the book of John. And the book of John is so rich in good things. It tells about uh, the life of Jesus and it gives us a really clear picture of what he came to do and what the message of the book is. So today I figured we would take a look at the first 18 verses of the book. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, Nathan, 18 verses, how are you going to get through that in an hour? Okay. Um, <laughs> I, it's not going to take an hour, I promise. But we're going to be in John 1, verses 1 through 18. So let's read that together and we'll get right into it. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the truth that it brings us. We thank you for the guidance that it brings us. Lord, I pray today that as I am standing here that you would just speak through me. Lord, that you would take away the things that Nathan wanted to say and Lord, use me to say what you want me to say. Lord, I pray that if there's someone in here that needs to hear this today, that they would listen with an open heart and open ears. Lord, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for just blessing us day in and day out. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen. 
So you'll notice the kids have a little sheet that they are filling out. So I think on it is a place where they can mark off words. So I told them if they hear all the words and they mark them off, that they get to yell out bingo. So if you hear bingo in the middle of a sermon, just know that I told them they could do that, okay? All right. So when I was growing up, when I was a kid, just like you guys, all right? Oh, yeah. My dad wasn't always fond of using the instructions that came with things he was putting together, all right? So he would call me over. He'd ask me questions. He'd like, hey, what, what do you think I should do here? And I'd say, you should probably read the instructions. Now, kids, if your dad is in the middle of putting something together and he asks you what you're supposed to do, don't tell him to read the instructions. That is not what he wants to hear in that moment. But instructions are there to help us. Instructions are there to serve as a light, to shed light on the darkness, which is our confusion. They're supposed to make our lives easier than if we didn't have them. And I remember that about halfway through these projects that my dad would start, he'd get a little frustrated. And he'd maybe put it to the side and he might come back to it later. He may come back to it in a few days, weeks, whatever it may be. But the frustration would set in. Now, I'm not saying that my dad's the only person that's ever done this. Um, I'm guilty of it. I'm sure some of you are guilty of it. And as we're starting this new year, there are going to be some other projects that get started and probably don't get finished. You're going to see people posting on Facebook about how they're going to start their new diet. They're going to start posting about how they're going to go to the gym and work out every day. They're going to be nicer to people. But then we'll get to about the middle of January, early February, and guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a cookie sitting on the table. They're going to be like, hey, I could just have one little bite. The alarm clock's going to go off one morning. They're going to hit snooze. They're not going to go to the gym. Somebody's going to cut them off in traffic. They're not going to be so nice in that moment. But as a church, I want us to set some goals for ourselves. But these are not going to be unrealistic goals that we can't reach because we know what the end is, and we also know why we do what we do. So this year, I want us to look back at what Jesus has done for us and those around us and see what we can do this year to be on fire for him. So that when we get to August or September, we're not saying, man, I wish I would have stuck with that. I wish I would have stuck with reading my Bible every day. I wish I would have stuck with um, being on fire for God every day of my life. So today we're gonna be looking at seven words that's hopefully gonna sort of propel us into this new year that'll serve as reminders as to why we are on the mission that we are on. And we know that our mission is what we say at the end of the service every week, the Great Commission. And you may be asking yourself, Nathan, why did you pick seven words? Well, seven's a holy number. And uh, if I picked 10, we'd be here till the first service of next year. So I figured I'd pick seven and we'll get out by VBS. Does that sound good? All right. So before we get into these seven words, let's take just a minute and let's talk about the importance of what is said in the first three verses of the book of John. It says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So right off the bat here, we see a few things about Jesus. 
He's always been, he is God, and that he was there at creation. Now, don't, don't worry. We're not going to get into all the intricacies of the Trinity. We're not going to get into the hypostatic union today. None of that. But if you're going to take one thing away about Jesus being God and about the Trinity, it's this. The one true God consists of more than one person, who is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They relate to each other, and they have always existed. That's the Trinity broken down in its simplest form right there. We also see that Jesus is referred to as the Word. And we see him called this all throughout this first section of the book of John. So my study Bible that I've been reading a little bit um, as I prepare for this puts it this way. God's word in the Old Testament is his powerful self-expression in creation, revelation, and salvation. God's son Jesus personifies that word as God's ultimate self-disclosure. So Jesus came to this earth to show us the heart of the Father to give us an example to follow as we live, and to bring life to a dying people. So this brings us to our first word of the day, which is life. Life is precious, and life is something that is to be celebrated and cherished. And here in a few weeks, we'll be observing Sanctity of Life Sunday here at the church. You know, we celebrate when a baby is born. We're going to do that next week. We're going to celebrate a baby shower. We mourn when we lose a loved one. However, when we talk about life in the sense of the life that Jesus came to bring, it's a little weightier than just life here on this earth. It's eternal life that's going to have an eternal impact on you and me. Verse 4 says that in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Life in Christ comes when the darkness within us our sin is exposed, and we see the light. I've heard it said that the light brings true knowledge, moral purity, and the very presence of God. And the thing about light is nothing can cancel out the light. The light shines in the darkness, and nothing can overcome the light. Ricky, I know that um, in student ministry sometimes we talk about how if you're in a dark room and you have a light the light's going to light up the room. And the darkness is not going to overcome that light. But we're living in some dark times, people. We're living in some times where people try to avoid the light. People try to stay doing what they've been doing. And they just don't take into consideration the consequences for what they do. I try to tell our students pretty often that our actions and our decisions, they have consequences. And those consequences, they may not even be in this life. But in eternity, the decision to make Christ the Lord of your life is the biggest and the most important decision that anyone anywhere could ever make. So when we have an encounter with the light, there is a choice that we have to make. We can either choose to walk in the light or we can choose to remain in the darkness. Now, there are some cases where God does something miraculous that jolts people straight up out of their darkness, where there's a drastic change immediately. But a lot of people, myself included, came to faith because someone shared the good news with them. And this brings us to our next word today, witness. Verses 6, 7, and 8 say this. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light 
that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. See, John the Baptist, uh, he probably wasn't somebody that we want to hang out with all the time. He was, a, he was a pretty weird dude. All right, he lived out in the woods. He wore animal skin. He ate honey and locusts. So if he showed up on a Sunday morning, he may stink a little bit. You may want to sit a few rows away from him. You'd be happy he wasn't providing the food out front unless you're into honey and locusts, which I don't know anybody that is. But he was faithful in what he knew that he had to do. He knew what he was called to do. He was telling people about the coming Messiah. He was paving the way for Jesus Christ. And his message, it was, it was simple. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. He was telling people to get right with God. And the people, they thought that John's message was crazy. And it's not that different for us today whenever we try to share the gospel with people. We've talked about already today the darkness that is in the world around us. Things are constantly trying to draw us away from the light. There's addiction, laziness, stubbornness, habits, hobbies, pain, and lies. Some of those things aren't bad. There are good habits and hobbies that you can have. But just because something is good, it doesn't mean that it should get in the way of the best thing which is our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we let those things get in the way of our relationship with Jesus, what does that say to the people who don't have a relationship with Jesus? That we can just make Jesus a priority when it's convenient for us? Guys, we have the best news that anyone could ever hear. Jesus loves you and he made a way for you to have abundant life. That's news that needs to be told like John the Baptist was telling it to everyone. You know, maybe minus the whole locust and honey part, but the message that we have is still the same. Repent, turn to Christ. I've said this many times before, but I am so, so thankful for the people who have poured into my life. All the Sunday school teachers, the RA leaders, youth work, everybody that's poured into my life. If you work in children's church, thank you. You're doing a great thing. If you work in student ministry, thank you. <laughs> but it's not just for adults, guys. Kids, you can be witnesses to your friends at school. You can even be witnesses to your family if some of them don't know Christ. This is an everybody thing. We're all called to this. We are all called to be witnesses in this world. So, this year, as we're going forward, are we going to be good witnesses to a world that needs to hear the good news? Or are we going to stop after a few weeks because it gets a little difficult? What, what are we going to do? This brings us to our third word that we're going to look at today, which is the word world. Now, we've just wrapped up the Advent season, and I love that every single year we talk about hope, love, joy, peace, in Christ. We talk about those five things every year, but every year I get something different out of each of those messages. And at Christmas and the time surrounding it, we celebrate, celebrate Christ coming to the world to dwell among men. And we're included in that word world. We've heard it said that we could put our own name in John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. 
verses 9 through 11, they say that the true light, which gives light to everyone, that includes you and me, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his people did not receive him. What a scary and daunting reality that it is when Jesus came to this world all those years ago. He was not recognized by the very people he created and the very people he was going to go to the cross for. His own people, the Jews, they despised and they rejected him. Jesus, he didn't fit the mold of what these people were looking for in a Messiah. They were wanting someone who would come in and reign here on earth, but God came in the form of a man, and his mission was not to reign on earth. It was to reign in our hearts. And it's hard to think that after all of the miracles, all the signs that they saw, these people, they missed it. And if we look forward to verses 37 through 40 in chapter 12, we see that it says this. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him, so that the word spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts. Lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. So as I said a bit ago, there is a choice that we have to make. There is a reaction when we encounter the life and Jesus and the gift of life that he offers us. We can either reject it or we can accept it. Jesus came to this world. He came to you and me. He came to us so that we could be reconciled to the Father. Moving on to verses 12 and 13, it reads this. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So the word children is the fourth word that we're going to be looking at this morning. I am the son of Scott and Amy Duckworth. Uh, they're my earthly parents, and I am so glad that they are. Over the years, I've done some things that I'm sure have gotten on the nerves, like telling my dad to use instructions or uh, maybe driving a little too fast with my mom in the car. But they have shown me love and grace through all of that, through all of their frustration. And I feel like the same is true with God. Because God, unlike my parents, he sees everything that I do. He knows everything that I think even, which is scary. That is a scary thought that the holy God of the universe knows every single thing about me. However, he still chooses to call me his child. Unconditional love is a comforting thing. It is something that we should not take for granted, but something that we should rest in. One of the commentaries I've been reading says this about verses 12 and 13. Receive him implies not merely intellectual agreement with some facts about Jesus, but also welcoming and submitting to him in a personal relationship. Believed in implies personal trust. 
His name, the name of Jesus, refers to all that is true about him and therefore the totality of his person. Born not of blood, but of God, makes clear that neither physical birth nor ethnic descent nor human effort can make people children of God, but only God's supernatural work. This extends the possibility of becoming God's children to Gentiles and not just the Jews. And that's good news for me because I'm not Jewish. So that opens up salvation to me. That opens up salvation to you. So no matter your race, your past behaviors, your social status, God wants a relationship with you and with me. And when we think about how great God is and how, well, uh, not so great that we are all the time, it kind of doesn't make sense why he would want to do that. But before we talk about how it's possible for that to happen, let's take just a minute and let's look at the greatness of Jesus. Looking in verses 14 and 15. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father. Full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. So word number five today is glory. Earthly glory, um, I looked it up, is defined as high renown or honor won by notable achievements. However, that doesn't really do justice to the glory of the Lord. As we've already seen today, he created everyone and every single thing. Nothing at all exists without him. We see that his glory and his presence, they filled the temple. And as we've seen here in verse 14, he came to dwell among us men, the splendor of heaven, the pride of the Father. He alone is worthy of all of the honor and all of the glory. There's nothing that he has to do to win or achieve that glory. He's God and the glory is his. That's just the way it is. You see, John got it. We see in verse 15 that he knew the order of things. He knew that he was not above Jesus because Jesus always was. Jesus was always there. He was there from the beginning. He is God. And I think sometimes today we can tend to get that order out of whack. We can try to put ourselves above Jesus, but that's never going to work out in our favor. The last two words that we're going to look at today they may be the most important of all. Let's look together at verses 16 through 18. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. So, a few minutes ago, we talked about how Jesus came to this earth so that we could have a relationship with him and how crazy it was that a holy God would want to have that relationship with a bunch of sinners like us. Now we get to look at how he made that possible for us. As we've read this introduction to the book of John this morning, we have seen that Jesus was there at the beginning. He came to bring us life. We are to be witnesses for him in a world that needs a savior. 
We are called his children if we receive and believe in him and that he is holy and he deserves all of our honor and all of our glory. Now we see the best news that anyone could ever hear. And this brings us to the last two words of the day, grace and truth. Now we've already seen these words in verse 14 when the author says that he saw them. But here in these verses, he says that he received them. Many people see truth and they refuse to believe it every single day. It's been that way since the beginning when the serpent deceived Adam and Eve and told them that the words that God said were not true. And it can still happen today with you and me. Truth came to this earth in the form of Jesus Christ. He showed us the heart of the Father. And he gave us instructions for our life. He was in tune with God because he was God in the flesh. He brought us grace and he brought us truth, which replaced the law given through Moses. We receive this grace when we recognize the truth, when we recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for us. And the truth of the matter is that we are sinners. And there is nothing at all that we can do on our own to earn salvation. And in a world where everybody wants to do things themselves, that is a scary, scary thought. That probably brings fear to some people that there's nothing that they can do. But we have good news because we have the grace from God. Jesus came to this earth and he lived a life that we couldn't live. And in him is life for those who will call upon his name and believe in him. Those that turn from their sin and follow what he has commanded us to do. So today, if you're here and you haven't made the decision to follow Christ, why would you wait any longer? There is no greater decision that you can make on the first Sunday of the year than to making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, to putting your trust in him. Let him be the Lord of your life. Let him lead your life. And for those of us today who would call ourselves Christians, those of us who, is, who have made Jesus the Lord of our lives, are, are we living like it? Or are we just going through the motions? Are we living every day like we know Jesus or do we blend in with everybody else? The instructions that we have, our Bible, tells us that this life is not supposed to be easy if we're following Christ. In fact, it tells us that life's gonna be pretty tough. We're not gonna fit in with everybody. We're not gonna be liked by everyone. And sometimes we have to speak truth into situations that are full of lies and that is hard to do sometimes but we have someone that's with us. We have the light. If we live in the light and we remain in the word, it starts to get a little bit clearer. It starts to get a little bit easier day by day, but there's some bad news. There are people that are going through life without the light of Christ. They're fumbling around in the darkness trying to find answers for themselves that they'll never find. So this year, as we have looked at these words, may they serve as a point of reference for us as we remember what Jesus has done for us and what we are called to do. 
So which one of us is gonna tell those people that are lost that they have hope? Which one of us is gonna be the one that is the light in the darkness? Because the light of the world has come and he has made it to where we can see. He brings life, truth, grace, a place in the family for all who call on his name and believe. So guys, let's start 2022 the right way and let's make it a priority to live in the light of Christ each and every day. Would you bow your heads with me? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast from The Point Church. If you would like more information about our church or if you have any questions, you can find us online at tothepoint.church.